From historic Ellicott City, it's the Gamers Core Podcast. Keep calm, game on. Hey, what's up, everyone? Tim here, and today is obviously Judge Brendan is back here with me, and we have one other uh, Gamers Core Dungeon Master, Game Master, Nate Nelson. Nate, how are you doing, man? Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Yeah, nice to have you. Nate's been uh, with the store since day one. Obviously, Brendan has two, but he is fresh to our DM cadre, and today I wanted to have everyone here at the table just... Maybe with our viewers, our listeners, we could talk about what it's like to prepare for a session. To include even those that are nervous about becoming a DM, what would you do to prepare for your very first session? You know, the last few times we talked about like the importance of session zero and how to handle mass combat, but everyone has a unique style. You know, what works best for them, whether it's like a certain checklist or, you know, making sure that you, no kidding, dedicate a certain day out of the week and write out a script of per description of scene. And then there's others that just literally embrace the chaos and go forward with full on improv, you know, but uh, looking at um, what you all, your all style, come to know both of you as gamers and our, our community members. Brendan here just ran uh, along with Judge Micah a very successful DCC day here at Gamers Core on June 26th. And it was so successful that we're looking at even starting up DCC Mondays. Uh, Nate, uh, some of you listening is probably your dungeon master, so you better like <laughs> like share and review this positively. But or he, else. Yeah, or <laughs> else. He's got your character sheets in front, all murdered in red ink. But... <laughs> exactly. Um, we passed a torch from dungeon master to dungeon master regarding one uh, particular group, Group D, Delta Force. Um, and obviously two different styles according to us, but same passion, same level of passion there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say just even talking outside of the podcast with Brendan here and Nate, we've always exchanged ideas. And especially when it came to our own after our server on Discord, um, no, for those that play here at Gamers Core, you cannot have access to that server unless <laughs> you are a dungeon master. But um, gents, you know, the, the, the table's open. You know, for those that are wondering, I get asked all the time, you know, what advice do you have to pass on being a dungeon master? But more importantly, how do you prepare? And Brendan, what, what say you? What's some of the top things you focus on? Okay, well, lately I've been running a lot of modules because DCC has some really killer ones and they're very compelling. And for the DM who is pressed for time, such as myself, and I'm about to have my uh, my daughter entering the world, uh, I'll be even more pressed for time. So I'm leaning heavily on the modules these days. So my my preparation process for modules is slightly different than ones that I've self-authored. But um, the first thing I do is read through the module all the way through, because even if um, my party isn't going to get all the way through the adventure, which is usually the case, depending on the size of the group, I know they're only going to make it through maybe two or three encounters, but I like to try to skim through the entire thing just so I know what's important to know down the road, like what Mm -hmm. they do here. So I I do do that. Uh, There's also a lot of um, fluff and color copy on there. So I like to consolidate all the mechanics, all of the pertinent rules onto a one sheet that has none of the fluff, just the the, the pure stat blocks, the... uh, the DC to detect the trap in this encounter and so on so that like I don't have to scan down the page. 
Um, is Your Tim, cheat sheet. My cheat sheet, yeah, basically. Yeah, I, I, I do a, a cheat sheet as well. Yeah, perfect. I use like a, like a moleskin notebook with graph lines just to keep it so that I can read my own handwriting and it's somewhat organized. Um, as Tim mentioned, I had just done DCC Day and I met DM Rachel. Shout out to her. Um, she's got this cool set of um, erasable highlighters. So she uses like yellow for the stat blocks, she uses like orange for the color copy. She uses, uh, you know, different colors for different sections of the thing. And, and that's awesome. And then if, you know, you don't want to affect the resale value or you just made a mistake or want to get rid of it, just hair dryer and the whole thing disappears, Ooh. which is really nice. So Noted. Wrote that down. Yeah, I didn't that, know erasable highlighters were thing. Yeah. I was yeah. picturing a whole like PDF file. Like, you know what I mean? When you go on in with the editor, like Acrobat Reader or something. Mm-hmm. Job one is getting everything onto one easy to read for me, cheat sheet, any pertinent rules. So if I know that the PCs are going to be trying to jump across this chasm in this encounter, I might jot down, what are the rules for max long jump, you know, or something like that, just so I don't get confused there. Um, Print out any handouts, obviously. Um, You know, Goodman's great because when you buy a module, you get the PDF for free. So it's very easy to print out all the maps. Sometimes and this is another thing that people talked about a lot at DCC Day because Goodman never makes a player-facing version of the map. You can just maybe quickly take it into Photoshop if you've got Photoshop foo and just kind of like get rid of all those little S's like for the secret door. There's been icons. a few times where I like forgot to take those off. Yeah, and then uh, like a, a, an older game. Hey, what's that? Uh, what's that S there? All more experience is like, hey, uh, does that mean it's <laughs> secret? And I was like. Damn it. <laughs> uh, that just means it smells. Yeah. Um, that wall sounds funny. Yeah. <laughs> There's a snake stuck in the wall there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I do that. Um, and, and I'm a little bit of a, an artist. So, sometimes what I'll do if I have time is um, make like little art cards that kind of like represent the different points of interest so that as the players see them, I can kind of like pass it out. This is what you're looking at. And I'm a primarily a theater of the mind or in my case, Theater of the Mindless uh, DM. And so, like, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, it's nice to have a, a, a common visual aid to clue everybody in, oh, this is what the pile of skulls looks like in the corner of the dungeon, you know. And we're going to have to get Brendan to come back during uh, the holidays and run your Christmas one-shot. Oh, that was, um, yeah, Guardians awesome. of Santar 2. Yeah. Return <laughs> of the good Snow time. King. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, I told him he needed to put it up on, like, uh, Drive through RPG just for totally you know, donate whatever you want towards his you know fund yeah or whatever. yeah kickstart but me get this going um, it was fun it was a good time yeah. we'll have to save that one and and here's the here's the goofiest thing I do when I'm I'm prepping and this is like annoy your spouse make your neighbors concerned here is I go out on my deck and just practice the accents or the speech. I was I just about to yeah. ask that. When I'm driving, <laughs> yes. I will sing the songs in a different accent or like a, a cool <laughs> phrase in my head, but then I forget it by game day. Yeah. So what I tend to do is um, I, I come from a, a theater background, so I have a lot of uh, uh, dialect coach friends and stuff along those lines, but they've shown me these great YouTube videos that are uh, quick accents, like learn, adapt an accent quickly. You know, normally I wait until my kids are asleep or, you know, I can close myself in the office for a little bit. Luckily, my office is soundproof. Uh, yeah. And I can uh, close it all down and I'll, I'll bring up these videos and I'll sit there and I'll just begin practicing, you know, different different dialects and yeah. see what works out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, 
outside of LA, you don't see this much, but you know, if you pull up to the stoplight, you might see me, you know, with a, with my script in hand, practicing my line <laughs> reads for the players on the way to the session. That's one thing I do miss about like working from home that's carried over post COVID, which is actually a good thing, but I've lost a lot of like, um, non-embarrassing venues to like practice my accents where no one can hear me. I'm just safely locked inside my car. Mrs. On the way just to quietly work. See, I just have you. no shame anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I've given up hope. Yeah. Um, so that is how I prep if I have a module. It's not terribly different if it's not a pre-written thing, uh, but to save myself time, if it's an original adventure, I'll, uh, I'll take an existing monster from the good old monster manual or from some pre-existing adventure and I'll just repurpose or reskin it and maybe add a little twist. So let's say they're in some weird cultist's dungeon and there are these little albino pockmarked devils running around, uh, uh, but maybe secretly, stat block-wise, they're goblins and they have one added ability to blink and transport you yep. know, 20 feet in the round or something like that. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Don't rethink it. Are you looking uh, at my notebook? Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it just heard a creature feature. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty much what I got. I'm sure you guys have your own methods. So I'm 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 taking notes here today too, just as much as anyone. So Nate, how about you, man? How's uh how do you prep for? I'll tell you what. Even with um, taking over the group for me, you know, from with Delta, well, that how, was very a uh, very different prep. That was than a normal. prep, but we'll have to talk about that, man, because we were very fortunate. So for uh, me, uh, you you created this amazing homebrew Dragonlance campaign. Um, and mm, I am thank you. <laughs> I am a massive fan of those book series. I've probably got at least eighty on my shelves and about mm-hmm. fifty of them under my red list. Yeah. I've been a, a huge fan of that series since I was introduced to it in like late middle school, early high school. I think all of us of a certain age have a bunch of dog eared paperbacks mm-hmm. somewhere in our house if they're not still proudly displayed on our bookshelves. And, uh, the original got, novels with the heroes looking <laughs> at you. Yeah, like, the, come join yep, this adventure. That Elmore art. Yeah, so, oh, awesome. so beautiful. Um, yeah. So prepping for that was exceedingly different than anything I'd ever done before because I'd never taken over a campaign. And it was, mm. you know, not only was I getting to know these new players, but not from like level one, but from level 11, level 10 uh, towards this point uh, are pushing. Do you find that more difficult taking over an already established one? Or would you, do you find starting a new campaign more difficult? Hmm. Both yes and no. Yeah. What was difficult for me about this was getting to know the players. This world is established. I've lived in it for decades now. And Mm -hmm. Knowing, learning what you've changed and adapt and how you introduced, you know, uh, the Illithids pulled back from, you know, way back deep in mm-hmm. Dragonlance lore, hidden, never even into a published book, but a role-playing supplement. Yeah. And uh, other things along those were fun and interesting, and it was really easy to read up on those or figure out new ways to adapt it. The difficult thing was getting to know the players and yeah. their characters and what adventures that they've gone on in the past. And even now, you know, we're... We're seven sessions into our campaign, and it's, oh, you guys have been there? Oh, you've been there already. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Scratch that off the yeah, paper. Right. Got that. All right, moving on. And I took over from a DM that had them for like four seasons. Yeah. So I was like, ooh. Yeah, I get what you're saying because like if it's an established world, it can be kind of nice because you have something to kick against. You're not kicking in free air. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, like if there's this huge – pre-existing going concern mythology you have to be like yeah like just exactly like you said like oh all and right, if it's well, a world you <laughs> you love you're just a kid in the playground but you're right like catching up on what was already what lines were crossed what areas were explored um 
which, certain time frames, which they NPCs they had met, which one yeah. of the things that, you know, made this easier is, and then there's a bit of spoilers for people for this campaign, not spoilers for the party, of course, but uh, the campaign was very time travel heavy at this mm -hmm. point. So it was very easy to kind of go, all right, well, even if they get things right, there's someone else mucking up the works. So guess what? We've got that alternate timeline loop. Mm -hmm. And now things can be, oh, you met that PC before? No, you met A version. You didn't meet B version. It's all right. wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that has been said multiple times. Mm -hmm. um, now, prepping for other types of games, or at least not ones of a campaign I've taken over, my prep kind of varies differently based on a few factors. One, the system I'm running. Prepping for a story game is very different for me than prepping for more 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder or whatever. Uh, and then prepping for what type of session it is. If it's a combat-heavy session, uh, I've got my monster's cheat sheet, cheat sheet set aside with all their rules prepped. Knowing your monster is very key. and It lets you improv a bit more uh, with not just dice rolls but story rolls if you're not having to go, let me look that up real quick and flush through papers and stuff. Um and having those rules prepped into the side. And that is one of the things that I do not shine on. I'm like, I did not expect that rule to come up. D&D eh. &D Beyond for the wind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, D&D &D Beyond and the internet is, has revolutionized uh, the uh, forgetful DM's uh, tool set for sure, yeah. Um, and then the uh, a lot of the other things I do, at least when it comes to trying to set the scene for me, is I look up different either scenes that I want the tones to come across. Like if, it, if there's a big showdown between a boss and a hero, I'll often like go to what that scene reminds me of in my head and like rewatch that flick or that, you know, 20 minute section. If we want that big redemption moment, you know, go look up Endgame and watch Captain America picking yeah. up Thor's hammer and, you know, spoilers, sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, tear every time. Oh. <laughs> or, you know, if it's a, a big betrayal, you know, you, you'll go Look up other things, you know, westerns are classic for their their portrayals. Mm -hmm. Those those final shots where you hear the gun fire you, and suddenly been shot in the back. For Icewind yeah. Dale that we run every Tuesday, like I find myself rewatching certain uh, Game of Thrones episodes. Anything like around the wall, mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm fast forwarding like all the the south those southerners. Just don't rewatch the Red Wedding episode <laughs> because uh, I want to make it to the the next. Uh, so I I have a, a story about that that involves my wife being very very pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we will not go into that on the show. Um, yeah, and for me, I'm, I love running horror. So that oh, tone yeah. and that music is very present mm -hmm. for yeah. me. Going, you know, uh, when I was prepping to run Curse of Strahd when it came out, I went deep into Boris Karloff and uh, Bela Lugosi and all those type of old films to get that type of draw, that, that scary with silence. Something that is, that, that moment where you... you want that beat of silence. Yeah. You want the players to be, what just happened? Right. Or if you're trying to go more of a, a body horror, you'll go with like John Carpenter's The Thing. Cronenberg. Cronenberg-esque monsters. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of other good prep for me is past prep, knowing what your session is and a quick way to take those notes down. Because when the game's over and you've, you've just dropped that cliffhanger moment, you don't want to be like, all right, guys, let me get some notes. No, you want to sit there and chat about it, what just happened with your friends or you get yeah. those goodbyes in. And for me, it's really hard to come back and sit down and revisit a, a session, a post-session. 
So what I, I created my own little cheat sheet and I brought here, I know the, the paper noises I'm sure are getting annoying. Um, <laughs> I just made a quick cheat sheet that's got you know the campaign name, the session, and then locations visited, NPCs encountered, and combat encounters. Dude, that's absolutely brilliant, and I'm totally stealing it for the I'll very next time I play. Yeah. And it's, it's just a quick little thing, and there's a backside, but it didn't print on this one, uh, that's, you know, loot gained, loot lost, and it's, you know, players know that or not, yeah. that loot was lost. And then does the very bottom of the page was the ending location. I'd like, even, like, uh, go so far as, uh, like, wizard spells used, because a lot of wizard players... Conveniently, like, oh no, I didn't use that last time. And I keep, um, so I keep all my uh, spellcaster stuff prepared, yeah, and then I cross it off in my yeah. notes as they go, yeah. Uh, and that's another thing where D and D Beyond shines. I, I end up taking um, screenshots of players' character sheets at the end of each session, uh, just a quick, you know, screen grab. So I've got it; it's prepped; it's off to the side. Because I know I, as a player, have gone into my D and D Beyond character sheets and went, "Shit, we didn't long rest," and I hit that button. Uh-huh. Whoops. Yeah. And then let me go back and readjust. Uh, that is a feature uh, I really wish uh, D&D Beyond had. I've, I've suggested it to him as a rewind button. And mm. oops. Yeah, an undo. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Command Z. Exactly. Just a, a quick little, ooh, get rid of that long rest real quick. What was here beforehand? Yeah. Um, but I, I swear by the cheat sheets, your, your best DM prep is good notes beforehand. Yeah, and if you can get those character speeches or narrations kind of just under your thumb, just muscle memory, and you can, like you were talking about horror, the ability to like look them in the eye instead of be lo- being looking mm-hmm. down and reading is huge. You know? Yeah, that, like that's, that moment and that eye contact. And uh, for me, I also write down for my NPCs, I like, you know, a gist of what their general attitude is, uh, their attitude towards the party if it's a separate thing, because that moment where the NPC catches them across the bar, you're going to feel that tone shift of, oh, I freaking hate these guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or other things along that. So you've got uh, their their mood uh, prepped there, uh, their their accent, you know, Irish with a flair of whatever. Yeah. Or um, And then I also use Pinterest boards, which I keep all, I find all the art oh, for stop. every campaign. Yeah. And, yeah. like, here's the Met NPCs. Here's the monsters that are coming up. Here's the monsters they've seen. And, you know. That's another, yeah, Google image search, my best friend. You know, <laughs> you can just yep. have it all right there for you. It just eats into the memory on my computer. Yeah. And I, I was like, why is it so slow? And I've downloaded hundreds. That's why I love Pinterest. I don't have to download anything. Right. It's all just, just saved. Cloud-based, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, tons of YouTube music playlists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, easy. Yeah. yeah, for me, I would say, like, there, I was writing them down as I was listening, going through my own mental checklist because I find myself going through the same preparation ritual and it has grown uh, since starting. Like the very first time I played, you've all heard me tell this story before. Uh, it, it's led to where we're at now. But I'll give you the difference between preparing for a game that you haven't played since AD&D, which you never really played. I remember sitting around like looking at the player's handbook looking at all the, the uh, prices of weapons and just shopping for six hours. Yeah. And then we'd go outside and play. We never really played. It was just Players cool be book. shopping. <laughs> yeah, that's all we did, you know. Um, but uh, f- for those that are in the community, they know that at Gamers Core, we uh, do our best to run a demo of a new game every Saturday. And when we were opening, we recognized how popular 5e was. And 5e is one of the easiest player-friendly game set rules to, to jump into. Uh, we all know how, how that is. 
Uh, and there's other platforms that are great out there. DCC, we've talked a little bit like Shadowrun and even Star Wars, you know, some of the RPGs they have. But a uh, short story that obviously resonates home with me because it's shown how long for me I've come as a DM going into it because I had no aspiration to play D&D. Like I had to really get outside of my comfort zone. And more importantly, we sold it as uh, young adventures for D&D. Come on down, we'll show you how to play. And all the whole philosophy was, you know, for the, the demo Saturdays, we'll take the product, like the starter set, we'll run through a demo, and then if you participate in it, you get a discount off of it, blah, 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 right? So we started with the D&D starter kit, Lost Minds of Fendelin. I'm yes. in the, the tub, uh, no kidding, reading this, just relaxing before I had to go in on a Saturday morning. It was really early, and I'm nervous because, like, six kids signed up and I'm like oh man there's like I don't have kids energy like mind you everyone I've been in the Marine Corps for 20 years I do not have the energy for <laughs> for kids but hey I'm gonna turn on that switch I'm gonna go and play and figure it out right and I I applaud your bravery sir because if like I'm walking on the street and I see some rough looking dudes coming the other way like I, I won't cross the street but if I see a pack of like 12 or 13 year olds I'll, I'll cross the street I'm, so, <laughs> I'm about to tell you all that they will not hold back the brutal honesty of how you're doing right oh, so no. we kicked this thing off I didn't know how important a nat 20 was what happens on a nat 1 I'm following the starter kit I'm just making judgment calls. Um, I broke the social anxiety of making sure all the kids introduced each other, et cetera, et cetera, right? I had my first experience with a rules lawyer. He's one of my favorite gamers. Went around the table, introduced him, and he gave his full name. And I said, okay, and I just called him a nickname. And he said, nope, my name is, and he gave me his full name again. Just cut me off. I was like, oh, he's, he's in charge. All right. And it was going on. The, we started the game. It was going poorly. Like horrendous to which one of the gamers literally looked at me in the eye and told me, you are the worst DM I've ever encountered. And I was like, <laughs> oh, as a grown man that like crushed my soul, I was like, okay, well that's your opinion. Well, that's <laughs> like kept, your opinion, man. <laughs> yeah, so I just kept going. I'm you like the rights for that soundbite. Yeah. Hey, yeah and, that was too good of an impersonation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is going bad. I can't wait till this is over. And I, I think I even ended it early. We were playing for like two hours. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's it. That's just crushed my soul. And um, I did the spiel in my head. Like, yeah, if you want to buy it, you get discount, blah, blah, blah. And then they're all looking at me and they go, well, we're playing again next week, right? And I was like, wait a minute, like 30 seconds ago, you just told me I was the worst DM ever. I was like, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> so anyways... That was no prep at all. That was me grabbing the book, going on the fly, just looking at the highlighted blue squares of what to read when, and then going with it, and being told repeatedly that I sucked and I was getting the rules wrong and et cetera. But it hardened me as a DM. So if you're ever concerned about yeah. playing in front of your adult friends yeah. who are actually cognizant of your body language, your attempt to, to entertain, don't sweat it. If you want to get courageous who or confident. will spare your feelings. Yeah, who will spare your feelings. If you, if you don't want to do that, go do it for a bunch of teen kids. <laughs> I need DMs here at Gamers Core. You're more than welcome to come. I'll throw a ton of kids at you. See how much DM you. Tim has improved. <laughs> I, I, I can speak to this. He's, he's quite good now. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So that was like nothing. And, and honestly, the, I'm grateful for that group, especially those those original gamers, because... 
Those core six led to 14, then 18. And luckily at the mercy of DM Mitch, he came in and was like, hey man, do you need help? I was DMing for like 14 kids, you know, at all at once. Well, that's that's the problem right there. Yeah. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> and I said, yes, please do. And we split them up. And ultimately, fast forward, we are where we're at today where we have 100, over 100 awesome gamers in our community and 15 DMs. And I've learned so much from all the DMs here because we're always exchanging notes. But now where I'm at today, uh, almost two years later, I have my own system, my own ritual that works on out. And I'm a, I'm a checklist guy. I mean, and I try to keep it light because of some of my personal experiences uh, throughout my military career where I know that as when I try to control everything, and that's one of the first problems I had as a DM, like control the pace of the game, control the storyline, control it, almost like I was controlling the fun. It was too much, and I wasn't having much fun. Um, so I quickly adjusted after like one or two sessions of doing that and said, you know, I'm just going to go with what I call as like my, my guiding seven, right? And it goes like this. Like I will create a checklist of things I want to accomplish, hopefully that session. As long as I accomplish one of them but also empower the games – the gamers to have like complete agency over their character and have the fun that they want, then I consider it a success. And especially if I could plug one or two things to entice them about their backstories and or what's going on in the real world of said campaign with the ultimate goal of leading them towards the big surprise at the end. Like I'm more of a DM that loves to create these very intricate uh, storylines, which is like along the lines of like the usual suspects or like a sixth yeah. sense. Like I like to like have that, wait a minute, what just happened type right. deal? Like that to me is fun. And then the next thing for me is your read aheads, right? Like know where you want to go so that when you're telling the story, you could read your players, a body language, their eyes, and really get into those uh, descriptive scenes. And that's where I agree with you, Nate. Like, find that motivation, whether it's a certain movie scene or you're going to base an NPC off a certain actor. Like, we all know that in our Icewind Dale, Scrimsax is like Big Rhymes. Like, he's yeah, just Big like, Rhymes, yeah, for yeah, sure. Big yeah, Big Rhymes. Like, yeah. hey, what you all doing around here? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, it's just fun, fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but knowing, knowing your tone of the game. And then I agree with you. After that checklist of what you want to accomplish – doing your readheads for the campaign, like the certain quest or the world, the lore, if you will, is the music. The music's key because it's yeah. such an emotional anchor. And, um, you know, Brendan, I got to give us kudos here. We surprised our Icewind Dale group with an intro. Brendan <laughs> scored it. I put together the little visual, and he came up with our own intro for Title Icewind sequence. Dale. We may show you all uh, in the U on YouTube someday soon, but we're still playing with it. We're getting it right. Uh, we're improving it. But it sets the tone for every session. Uh, and then per the scene or where they're at in my game, I will have certain music set up from, you know, the differences, whether it's battle, whether it's a puzzle, mm -hmm. uh, un unfortunately, a player death now that we're preparing yeah, we, for. I, I, I wrote a death theme because, yeah, uh, yeah apparently we need one uh, <laughs> so, often. So <laughs> I hate to laugh, but but it's important, right? And you want to honor the the gamer to where that heart and soul they put in that player. But but it is, it is important because it is an emotional anchor. And then after I do those three things, I prepare the handouts because I try to have something visual where I'm throwing on in, whether it's I'm ordering, no kidding, like, Hollywood props off of 
Amazon covering them in fake blood or yeah. like throwing like, you know, paper at them and all these little things <laughs> to entice them. Like, whoa. Or, uh, you know, when we had our uh, old school D&D day just for our Icewind Dale yeah. day, like I went out and I made potions. They were alcoholic drinks, <laughs> but I made potions. They had to buy them and I surprised them on it. This but- is the secret to the best DM prep. Get your players <laughs> absolutely plowed. And if you bomb, they won't remember. And if you kill them, yeah. they, you kind of softened them to yeah, it. They exactly. were, you numbed them, you know. Yeah. But it was fun. And then um, the last three three points I'll say for, for me is like, and this is, sounds cliche, a little corny, but it's knowing your true north, right? Like, I know the direction that I want the campaign to go, but I also don't want to railroad them. So no matter where they're going, I try to make it seem like, hey, you did A and C, but this is still going on here. So this is going to keep going until you address it or face it or you ignore it and it's still going to impact the overall thing because that's real world stuff, right? And that's one of the things that for me, going from into your game from my homebrew games before this, are stepping into the group D role where my prep changed drastically. In my fifth edition game, I've been running for about three years now. Yeah, I took on this role and this game was... For me, it was like, no, I'm going to step up and go from being, you know, I'm a a good GM to no, I am a damn good GM. Like, yeah. I want to use yeah. this as a skill-building thing. Yeah. I want to get better. I want you guys to give me notes. Tell me what went wrong. Contradict me. Like, figure out why and let's get this right. That game's been running pretty regularly now for three, four years. They went from level one, they're level 11 now? I don't, they don't listen to this show. They're, 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 they're level 12 next session. Approaching they, demigods. They, they just guys. don't know that yet. Yeah, yeah. And they, they this big jump came from Lots of different things, lots of fun adventures, and they've truly grown as a party and it's going in the world. But when I'm that prepping for that game, a lot of that is improv and mm-hmm. improvisation. There's the, the the villains in play, and their motivations are happening, whether the players involve themselves or not. That clock is constantly turning. The, what happens with the players is very much dependent on them. I have encounters built, and I have scenes set that no. I can paste in whenever is convenient, but for them, it's very much, all right, well, we're going this way today. All right, what scenes can I bring in? Well, yeah. do, I need, do I need a session to prep? Right, let's get that random encounter out and make that work. That'll buy me some time. You yeah. know, We yeah. have a fun combat ready to go, um, and I'm, I'm good next session for what they wanted to do. Yeah. And that's what leads right into my, my next thing. I'm all right on the same page with you. It's, it's, a, it's embracing the chaos of the session. That's what I call it the whole improv bit. And just taking notes, right? Yep. Just hand jamming notes so that your next session you can build – on the momentum or the tone of the story or the direction it is. Like you all set the pace. It's yeah. just like, like if you were to ask Brent about our Icewind Dale game <laughs> during that nine hour, like play day, mm-hmm. you know, like we had, it was 11 hours yeah. of gaming and nine of it was all RP, but we're it hams. was great. We're hams. Yeah. It was know, great though, because they like most DMs are able to open up the world to where now there's, they got to see what's really going on in Icewind Dale and uh, you would say I almost bombarded them, like carpet bombed them with like side quests that are there, <laughs> but they get to choose. They, yeah. It's you you choose, and when you choose one, the other's still carrying on. Here's so the job pick. board. Pick one. Yeah. Go. Well, you yeah. know, it's you know, people say the DM is a storyteller, and that's kind of true. But mm. really, your story stager, and the PCs are the storytellers. You know, like the, uh, I I went by the title storyteller instead of dungeon master for years, just because I I liked it so much more. And then, uh, like you said, I had this. 
this realization that I'm not the storyteller, I'm the story facilitator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If anything, I, I'm the notebook and you guys yeah. are the storytellers. Right, yeah. right. Or the prop master, yeah. you know. Yeah, you uh, though I think in group D, I'm actually marked as the storyteller <laughs> in there. Um, and then going b- backwards a little bit, how I prep for these the store games is very different because it's the players are here for a campaign. They're here yeah. for eight sessions. Yeah. Um, so I want to make sure I hit certain marks, or otherwise I'm kind of loosey-goosey with what happens in timeline. Mid-session, session four, they got a little mini-boss because I want you know that mid-campaign sure. excitement. Now we're easing up, quickly coming towards the end. I need to have a big cliffhanger prepped, and mm-hmm. I need to have another you know epic scene involved, either involving a character or their backstory or a known NPC or some sort of big moment to get that hook in for the next season. Mm-hmm. Do you feel the need to have a cliffhanger per episode? I try to just because it's a mm-hmm. nice way to end, or I try to find that what I, what I call the Western moment, that moment at the end of the, 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 the spaghetti Western where they're all sitting on the side, the horizons in the distance, and then it's just that moment of... <sighs> yeah, little denouement. Yeah, little, where the, there's you know, been plenty of, black. of, yeah. of uh, sessions in ours where um, it's already like 9 30, 10 o'clock, and I purposely design it to cut off at a cliffhanger. Uh-huh. And then everyone's like, come on, let's keep playing. And it warms my soul on that because yeah. it's like, hey guys, we all got to get up early. Come on, just one more. Come on, let's keep going. And that, that's fun because that yeah. shows every, I mean, we're all DMs here, GMs, um, so most of us judges. Uh, but it's rewarding to yeah. hear because you know that like I tell a lot of our DMs here at Gamers Core, those that are in the cadre, I said, listen, I'm adamant about the DMs getting paid because you're rewarding the passion. You're rewarding their hard work because what most uh, players that don't know or uh, have not DMed before is that uh, I'm, I agree with something I read where it said, hey, DMs will take up to four hours of planning for one hour of play. Sounds about right. Unless you're like mm-hmm. super seasoned and you know everything and you know you just you just know the game. But for for most that are just beginning, because you you and you think about it, right? You, you don't even notice it because you're having fun preparing, but you're building the map, you're building the scene, you're you know you're you're looking at all the backstories, you're thinking about the rules, you're making sure like did I fudge that rule last week? You know I want to make sure I get it this week. And if you're prepping any DM handouts, you're checking monster blocks and all this other stuff. Uh, NPC names, you're impersonating the voices, you're checking the music, and you know, and we could go on here, but before you know it, it's been about four hours, and maybe you didn't sit at, at home and do four hours straight. Some of us do do that, but maybe it's 20 minutes here during the week, it's you know, it's another half hour, it's an hour. Next thing you know, you're up to like four or six hours just of prep mm-hmm. before you link up with your friends. And then, of course, you're embracing the chaos, which could consume the next hour and a half during a session. And it's it's that kind of time sink for one of the the tools in my my DM utility belt has been OneNote. Yeah, uh, Microsoft's OneNote One or yeah. some Huge. sort of cloud based thing. For me, I I use an Android phone. I have a Galaxy Note, uh, and I've just got it quick pinned. Of oh, that's a good idea for a scene, and I'll pull out the the stylus and I'll write down the note, and it automatically saves into the OneNote campaign that I've got it prepped. It's just a drop-down tab away. Shout out to uh, DM Josh, because I know uh, hopefully eventually he'll listen to this episode, but he created a OneNote for Dragonlance, and mm-hmm. we were slowly uh, building it up for the campaign here. It was, it was awesome. I, if that's a tool um, that's available, I'd love to see dude, that. It, it, we have it. Um, it. It went up to about season two. We were all contributing to it. And then, of course, 
me being active duty and then also business owner. Mm-hmm. My, my attention, you all know this. You see me run around like my head's cut off. He took the lead out of a lot, but then we grew. And we went from like 20 players, four groups, to about 100. And then COVID happened. And so when COVID happened midway, I said, hey, DMs, do your homebrew, do what you want to do, make sure everyone's fun, make sure we're there for the community. Uh, so that became like a side spot. But eventually we'll get we'll get back to it because the way Josh set up the template where we all could go on in and contribute to it, it was fantastic. It was it was awesome. I Great just, notes. I just used like the iOS notes app and, and God, God help me if I ever, if they ever recover my body and read this thing because like uh, <laughs> it, it's just like a series of like every year town has annual hunt to hunt giant spiders or they get eaten and, and people are like, what is this what is, guy into? Like, yeah, God, God help our Google searches. Like, yeah. you know, the amount of <laughs> Some random like, things I've had to look up, like what color does dried blood turn, or you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Like, Some like post-apocalyptic, yeah. like note recovery, like yeah. oh, this how it was before yeah. the and, great and ending. God, God help you if you know you're you are running a horror game and you're looking up art, you know, oh, yeah. mutilated bodies. Yeah, you know? <laughs> what do acid burns really look like? You know, like oh yeah. God, <laughs> just find so. that best friend that will delete your search history. <laughs> right. I've, you, I've you seen can. the medical alert bracelets, you know, delete my browser history instead of you know I have diabetes or something like that. Yeah. You know, and speaking of that with Google searches, uh, for those that are listening, I'm sure you all know D&D Beyond is a great resource. Mm-hmm. The I think the Encounter Builder is now beta. It's still going on. Yeah, up. it's out There's of alpha. Few, it's now in beta. Um, now in beta. I use that tool all the time for quick stat That's great. There's a few other like forums out there. Obviously, you could all choose, depending on your campaign, you go to Reddit. Reddit has a ton of good stuff. DMs Guild, Drive Through RPG. Some are free, some are not. You got to pay. Um, Pinterest is also a great one. Not only for art, but there's also a lot of abbreviated uh, encounter charts. Uh, there's a lot of those. There's um, rules, cheat sheets, things that are already built to save you from reinventing the wheel and then making your game run smoother. And then, I mean, the, this resources are kind of almost unlimited because oh, yeah. you could find a good creator on Patreon or something that makes your digital maps. I've done that a, a ton. I will gladly pay and fund a starving artist or passionate artist to get that free flowing animated maps and et cetera, et cetera. Like there's a ton of things out there. Um, but that's something too, where for those listening, like we'd love to see you comment on the way you prep um, your own checklist, share with the community Maybe we could have some of you on the show in the future future date at some point to include any resources used. Now, please be mindful of anything that's copyrighted and, right. and plagiarism is, is a thing. I don't want anyone to get in trouble. Uh, definitely don't condone anyone, uh, you know, posting uh, PDFs, this and that, uh, that are ripped, whatever the case mm-hmm. is. But share the wealth. Help out your fellow gamer because in the end, it's only going to make a better game, yeah. game for you. Well, let's talk more about tools and resources when we come back. We're going to take a quick message from our sponsors, but we'll be right back. Woohoo! It's finally here! What's here? My copy of Warp Hamster Wheels of Chaos. Hamster what now? It's a tabletop war game set in the future. Each player controls an army of hyper intelligent rodents using these figurines. Oh, look at their little jetpacks! Yeah, and they fight in this apocalyptic wasteland for control of the universe using these dice and this ruler, and these charts. Looks complicated. Who can we play with? You know, I have no idea. Lots of places will sell you a box, but it's not a game unless you have someone to play it with. That's why you should buy your next tabletop game from Gamers Core. 
we don't just have games, we have gamers, hundreds of them, who meet to play regularly at our spacious, family-friendly headquarters right here on historic Main Street in Ellicott City. Stop by today to find out how you can get in on the fun or check us out online at gamers-corps.store. All right, game night at Gamers Core. My space routes are so going to dust you. Gamers Core, more than a game store. GC, PC, GC, PC. And listen to a podcast. We talk about D&D. And all the time we repeat, keep calm, game on. So we were talking about different tools and resources to use uh, for prep. I think we were both looking at it. There's that new uh, from Goodman Games, How to Write Modules That Don't Suck. Yeah, that's a brilliant one. That's, that's got some. I got to get that pre-ordered. Yeah. yeah, it's it's fun. I've been waiting to get more copies here. Uh, I breezed through it and then passed it to Judge Brendan over here. But even I found it late and I was like, oh, this is, this is cool. Because to me, it was applicable not just to like DCC and, and Goodman Games, like there are a lot of good tips in there mm-hmm. to prep you across the board for any RPG. One of the, the best published books that I used in my arsenal of role-playing guides is actually the 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons DMG. Mm-hmm. It is exceedingly well-written. It uses barely any like actual stats. It's mostly about storytelling and building and how to craft your worlds. And there's this great section about how to handle different political factions and stuff along those lines. It's really just story tools and mm. writer it's like a writer's workshop if you will more so than master a guide should be i mean and the fourth edition book really shined at that fifth no. edition book is great as well uh but that one was the first one i was like man i'm gonna use this book forever like my fourth yeah. edition books are put away except yeah. for that one yeah there are a lot of uh, babies in that bathwater when they threw it out and i see that uh brendan brought some some other resources i have not seen these so fill me in well i know you've seen gm gems yes him because yes. you do we do sell the product here at <laughs> yeah. gamers core here on historic main street in ellicott city um but uh it is another goodman published book that is system agnostic it's got some uh phenomenal artwork as all the goodman books do so, for instance, it's just a series of uh, rollable tables. Okay, so here's 100 dockside events. Uh, number 25, an osprey lays a golden egg and a riot breaks out. Uh, 29, a serpent formed of water crests out of past the breakers. Arguments on its significance break out around the docks. You know, like, it's not like the kind of thing where, you know, you roll it in-game as a random event, although you certainly could. They're a little bit too in-depth to just kind of like, oh, well, what does happen there? <laughs> you know, but but if you're trying to, like, plan a story, they're all just brilliant springboards to help you come yeah, up that with that would kick it off right the scene setters, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then... Pick this one up, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's another one that Goodman publishes, and it, it too, is system agnostic it's called uh the dungeon alphabet so it just kind of goes uh you know down the alphabet of uh dungeon making so f is for fungi and you can roll an d8 for eight strange forms of fungus two uh if eaten the fungi convey strange properties to the character the character might find himself growing to gigantic size glowing in the dark unable to comprehend any spoken language healed of damage unable to see in darkness or detect invisible creatures or able to breathe underwater so like Okay, they're in a dungeon. There's fungus growing on the walls. You've got that one player who's probably going to eat it. You get that idea. That could have come into my... I could have used that exact table in last night's game. Yeah. They're, they're like, all right, I'm, I want to forage for, you know, mushrooms. All right, that's fine. Go ahead. Yeah. And then later on, there was a miscommunication, and I realized he meant magic mushrooms. Right. And I let him get, like, a massive handful of them, and I'm like... <laughs> 
Wait, wait a second here. You don't know what you're doing, you know. Uh, yeah. There's there's 1% chance, and he rolled a one. Yeah, these are just great. Uh, I, I can't recommend these enough if you're pressed for time or lazy or uh, just in need of ideas. Uh, this is just a, a, a great font of, of wisdom for the DM. It's a great resource. Do you sell that one here as well? Uh, you we, do? Uh, you, yeah. you did at one time. I'm yeah, we yeah. two new books and today. <laughs> we'll absolutely get those. Uh, well, and more. I mean, that's the whole point. I want to be that one-stop one shop for everything uh, that comes on in. But those are great resources, to, especially after you run your first session. If you're one of those DMs that continues to want to improve, be a better storyteller, like find your motivation and find your resources because GM Gems, the Dungeon Alphabet, uh, how to write modules that don't suck. Even, like, again, like what you said with the fourth edition uh, Dungeon Master Guide. Like, hey, everyone, jump on eBay and do some searching and find some because it may say, well, why would I do that because it's an older edition? Well, you understand that uh, the further you go back, like, these are some nostalgia that, like, created the game that you love today. And there's certain nuances and rules that you could find to enhance your game. And I think we all do it to some capacity for oh, breaking out the different oh yeah. stories. Absolutely. You yeah. talked about plagiarism earlier. And yes, it's true. You shouldn't plagiarize. However, I mean, what's the quote? Uh, good artists borrow, great artists steal. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, every DM has gone back and just gone through their mental library of all the great appendix and literature, you know, Fritz Leiber, Jack Vance, uh, Michael Moorcock, Lovecraft, Clark Ashton no, Smith, Robert E. Howard. I mean, mm -hmm. just pick your favorite... Conan Adventure, and yep. well, the danger, of course, is that many of your players, hopefully, do your reading, kids, um, yeah. have read some of the same uh, adventures, but all of them can be, I like Clark Ashton Smith for that reason, because he's kind of like the third musketeer in the Robert E. Howard uh, Lovecraft <laughs> story. So I like that. Yeah, uh, that description there—that's perfect. Yeah, so so like a lot of my players have. Oh, you haven't read your Clark Ashton Smith? Well, guess what? We're plagiarizing tonight. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so and I find that that exact thing you're talking about is great for younger players too or new players to the yep. system that's where you can really pull on those tropes as a dungeon master you know you got a bunch of new players they don't know what a mimic is pull out the mimics guys <laughs> you, use about to find they're out. not stabbing every single chest oh now we can fall on these these tools these right. these tools from the past that we thought we couldn't use anymore for whatever reason be it a, a plot device like a you know mm -hmm. the, you have to get this magic item destroyed before Big bad evil guy gets the magic item and rule, takes over the world. Right. Well, you know, and there's also the um, all the tr classic tropey monsters are, are old hat to most players, even a lot of new players, just because D&D yeah. is a thing that's been around for a long time. However, if you never give them their proper name in the game and you go only by description, like what's more boring than, oh, the caravan was raided by goblins. Um, or you could have the, the lone survivor, oh, they came out of the darkness, they had baleful yellow eyes and orangey skin, they rode beasts that Taurus rendered us limb from limb, you know, like, you know, oh, well, that's, that's terrifying, but, you know, caravan was raided by goblins, ugh, again, jeez, <laughs> you know, Goblin like, problem. so there's that. Oh, and I also wanted to talk, uh, Nate and myself dabble in the dark arts of audio, um, professionally, 
so um, yes, we went to school for we this. went to <laughs> we went to sound guy school. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, I wanted to talk to people who who want to introduce sound to their games. I like to use a, a DJ app on my iPhone, and I just have one of those little bass cannon um, Bluetooth speakers that's got an awesome bass response. And so you had talked about horror, like just putting in those rumbles, or you can do like uh, an instant replay soundboard if you want to do dumb stuff. Like we, you talked about my Christmas one shot where, so um, yeah, like I gave out enhancements, get it? Ha <laughs> um, You know, it, so every time somebody quoted a line from Die Hard or a Christmas movie or had a particularly brilliant slash awful Christmas one-liner, like, you know, I would beep, 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 enhancement, you know, and I would throw that out. Or, you know, and it you can- It literally felt like a video game. That's awesome. You can yeah. go, you can go nuts. Critical. You know, See, I, I, mean, find, I find those tools, at least for my games and horror are, you can't get rid of them. That moment of, you know, you're describing this misty mountain scene and suddenly the players realize all is silent. And then in the background you hear- Mm-hmm. Just or, get that moment, and you that you see their faces drop, the colors pale, and you know that you really shined as a storyteller there. That Absolutely. reminded me of our session one uh, again in Icewind Dale, and underneath Goodmead, sending you all down to oh, yeah. the cavern, and I found these really like freaky dead little girl voice things. Oh, yeah, the, the, the little, It's like, why don't you come play with us? Play, mm-hmm. play with us forever, <laughs> ever. Yeah. Like, and it would be like whispering, like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. We, we actually had the players like freaking out. You, you got yeah. calls. You yeah. got calls after where like, Tim, that was like, I'm, I've had bad dreams the past week. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, think I, I really pushed the boundaries with that one because then we put like <laughs> gifts of like, you know, the exorcist and, mm-hmm. and like, hey, could you please not post that? And I was like, oh, sorry. Because <laughs> I tried to like amp it up throughout the build up excitement to the next era, you know, next session. Um, but yeah, it, we really struck a tone with that one. It was like dead of winter too when we were starting it. Yeah. But the sound effects, man, again, uh, absolute emotional anchor. Off-key you know. music box. Dun, 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 mm-hmm. dun, dun, now, they can also <laughs> really derail the thing. One, if you don't grab these beforehand and you just go to YouTube and go, uh, uh, let me get, you know, that's uh, happened before. cultist chant. Yeah. And then suddenly you're yeah. hearing, you know, uh, the the money python Record Sanctus Domine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, you yeah. Know, oh, that wasn't the tone I was looking for. Right. Uh, one of the the more annoying ones I had a look up. I was like, oh, quick! I need like a, a wolf howl real quick. Mm-hmm. And it was a three year old kid doing a very adorable wolf howl, but mm-hmm. it was you know totally killed the mood. Totally killed the yeah, mood. Totally killed the mood. <laughs> Vet your. I sound remember trying to find kids. one of like a stampede, and then there was like a random cow in there, and all the players <laughs> looked at me like, there was, "Where's there a cow?" I was like, "I, I don't know. I don't know. Just uh, yeah. retcon that quickly." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, again, sound effects. The music, it all factors into it. And you're right, if you screen it the right way and the, the preparation is there. We need man. to do a whole episode on theatricality now that we have um, a theater um, guy in our presence. Oh, and, hands down. Yeah, oh, so two I, sound I've guys, got some like, good stories there for you about uh, theatric-based games and one-shots. Um, I've pulled out all the stops, special lighting the room, fog effects. Oh, uh, yeah. I even at one point had a, a strobe light involved for when thunder clapped, I'd hit a button. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Oh, that's cool. That's uh, really cool. So, gents, as we're getting near the the end here, um, if we were to go around the table, man, and, and ask you, we'll start with you, Nate, like what is one thing that you have to do for prep before you get to a session? One thing I have to 
uh, that we could pass to the community here? If we were all to give out one thing, so we had like our top three collectively, what would say is one thing you do for prep for a session? For me, it's really figure out the tone that you want to set for the session. That figure out if this is a, a mystery, if this is a, a horror scene, if the, is this the shopping special? That's a whole different vibe. And once you know that, you can know what inspiration you want to pull on or how lighthearted you want to be yeah. telling that story that night. What about you, Brendan? What do you think? I would say the, if I had to distill it down to one single tip, it's a, it's more of a matter of philosophy, and it's just prepare, prepare, prepare. Have those NPC speeches kind of like on the tip of your tongue. Have the flavor text on the tip of the tongue as much as possible because if you can get to the point where it's just like in muscle memory, it's in your mind and you can look the players in the eye and you don't have to break eye contact, that is... You build up that scene. Right, and get the and get your cheat sheets going, obviously, because that way you can keep your eyes off of the page or you only have to glance down for a second and you can really just kind of keep those players locked in. Yeah, for me, if you're nervous going into a session, you just didn't prepare, and that's okay. But when you're prepared and you're ready to rock and roll, then you can just, like we like to say here at Gamers Core, just keep calm. Game on. Keep calm, game on. Let's keep going. And hey, for everyone listening up here for the month of uh, July, we will have the new schedule on out. But July 10th, we're having a casual Star Wars tournament day. There's going to be Legion. There's going to be Armada. There's going to be X-Wing going on. And then uh, July 17th, you will have some things going on here in the store. You'll probably see me, Brendan, and a few others back here once again trying to have an Icewind Dale day. Come say hello. We'll, we'll wave to you. Uh, we have the new Adventures into Forgotten Realms coming on out. I believe it's that weekend too. So that's going to be a heavy D&D game here. And for those of you that don't know, Gamers Core uh, just reached an, uh, the esteemed status as a WPN premium store. So that means we'll have some premium cards for Magic the Gathering. And it all kicks in around uh, the time of Adventures into Forgotten Realms uh, comes on out. You'll actually get to see Tiamat. Uh, Drist, uh, Loth, the Spider Queen. Did I say that right? Her name? Guinevar, Drist. Oh, yeah. The band's all back together. All of them coming back out. And we'll have that schedule on out. There's a lot of things coming um, in talks to a gentleman that wants to start running a Call of Cthulhu game here. We're going to kick Ooh. up DCC Mondays. We're going to have uh, tentatively at the moment, July 31st, uh, Pathfinder 2nd Edition game coming on up. 40K League is in the mix. If you can't tell, Gamers Core is uh, off and running thanks to the community we have that's growing by the day, and there's just so much more coming. But Nate, Brendan, thank you all for coming out. And again, until next time, keep calm, game on. Keep calm, game on. Keep calm, game on. Gamers Core Podcast. Keep calm, game on. <laughs>